What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we've got Mike, and he dives into some really cool sales tactics. He's got a fun word that that's bagels. I'm not going to tell you what it means because you got to listen in, but it's good stuff. Lots of great things as we go through here. I think if you want to be better at sales, you need to listen to this. Let's dive in and hear what he has to say. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of the Guyana Now Show. I'm your host, Bob McIntosh, and today I am super excited, uh, as always, because I love doing these interviews. I love uh, learning from them, and I know you guys do as well, which is why you're tuning in. But today we have Mike Castiglione, and he is here to talk to us about a lot of great things. Um, I actually had a really cool conversation with him prior to this, just to get to know him a little bit better, and was like, man, this guy's got a lot of great knowledge, a lot of great uh, experiences in life and business, and I just wanted him to be on and share. As you know, the entire point of this show and podcast is to help you get out of your own way. And I love bringing on people who have had all kinds of different experiences doing that, facing all kinds of things. And his story I thought was really cool. And that's why I wanted to have him on because uh, at the end of the day, it's all about meeting cool people, learning things you might not have known along the way and working to get out of your own way. So with that, Mike, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate having you here. Um, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Look forward to sharing some stories. I hope your guests get some uh, good tangible takeaways of you know, how to grow your business, things that I did, lessons I've learned throughout the world. And if you're not learning, you know, what are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. So uh, for those who don't know you, uh, which I'm imagining is most folks, tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. So Bob, I'm Mike Stiglione, owner of Sandler Training. It's a sales and leadership development center. I'm out in Los Angeles. Obviously, nowadays we are virtual. So I am in this square box all day, every day. And I am wherever you are right now, I'm in the back seat. <laughs> so I work with business professionals on three things. The behaviors, what to do every day, week, month to grow your business. Your attitudes, which totally aligns with your show of getting out of your way. Do you have equal business stature every time you walk into a conversation? With focusing on that strong attitude. And then the techniques. You know, no one wants to be sold in 2021. It's, you know... Your prospects are coming in with so much information. Are you learning from them? So are you asking good questions and taking control, not trying to you know, go out there and sell because everyone gets that stereotypical idea in the background when they start to hear sales. It's that sneaky, <clears throat> yeah, that, that used car sales professional who's going to take advantage of them. So we avoid that. We allow people to be themselves, their own personality, but most importantly, take control in the conversation so that you can come to a solution or not. And that's perfectly fine. So let's just start right here because I think sales is one of those topics. I, can, I know I can speak from my, my own personal experience, which is, you know, I, I, for a long time struggled with sales. It was like, I had that same feeling like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. Like it felt uncomfortable and weird. And like, but having your own business, you kind of have to, especially if you're just by yourself, there's, there's no other choice, but you learn to get better. So let me ask you this. How do you go from, you know, how do you become a sales trainer? Like, are you, do you, do you, did you have to like fight that urge to be like, ah, I'm not trying to like, I don't want to create more used car salesmen in the world. Like, you know, like I just be curious to know more about that. So my whole career has been driven in leadership. So coaching, training, teaching, coming from academia. I was a professor at LMU. I ran a center um, really focusing on systemic change. And I didn't like wake up one day saying, Hey, I want to be a sales trainer. But, <laughs> I want to work with professionals. I want to help them get to where they're at and created a program. Uh, it was all about reinforcement. So no one changes habits overnight. It takes time and it takes energy and it takes commitment. 
And as I created that program, love LMU, love everything it had, it was time for me to step aside and do something different. And when I partnered with Sandler, it was a match made in heaven. It had the same ideals, the same process of, you can't get everything in a boot camp. You can't get everything out of a book. You get good information that there's a purpose for it. You're not gonna change habits. More importantly, you're not gonna change beliefs. You don't change your belief, the long-term effect is always gonna go back to the status quo. So as I started looking at working with business professionals, Sandler was a perfect match. And you know, I don't look at it as, oh, I'm out there to change all the used car sales professionals. I'm out there to help professionals and to help them get out of their own way, plug for you, and to allow them to be themselves and be comfortable. They all have a passion about what they did, right? There's a reason why you started your business. There's a reason why you got into it. And you're so passionate and you, know, you wanna talk about everything that you do is that when you get in front of a prospect, you end up throwing up on them. You give them all the information. And that's- And they're done that. And, you, know, you know what it's like because you've had that person in front of you. You've done it. And you're so excited because like, oh, you actually want to work with me. And that's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> not only do you sound like a sales professional, so the effective filter is going off. You're not trying to. You're just energetic and you're passionate about what you do. And you're telling them all the features and benefits and all the great reasons and why. I mean, let's do business. But you got to take it back a notch. Is you have no idea if the person in front of you even needs your product or service. So rather than going in with that, you can have good energy and, and, and have excitement but you have to do it from more of a service perspective. How can I help you? So if you go in with that mindset and you ask better questions and stop telling them what you do, you actually will service them better. And it's counterintuitive for almost all new business owners, even people who've been doing it for 25, 35 years, because it's, we're in the mindset of, well, I'll show up. I'll tell you how great I am. You'll agree. You'll give me money. And then we'll move forward. And that's an only that's how it actually went, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's like sales cancer because you think that it's okay, but then it starts to fester, and that idea gets worse and worse, and then you get frustrated because people aren't buying from you. So the best way to cure that is through questioning, is to take control so that both parties know exactly where to go, and then more importantly, guide them to a yes or uh, to a no. And that's our second favorite word. And especially new business owners, they're scared of the word no. They don't want to hear it. So they're comfortable with that. Well, let me think it over. I'll get back to you. And then you're in this purgatory for months and months on end, and you don't accomplish anything. You got a big, fat, inflated pipeline with no one that's really moving down it. And I call that hopium. So it's like you take a little sip of hope. <laughs> they're actually going to wake up one day and call me back. And it becomes that addictive drug. Because more, you allow more and more people to tell you, let me think it over. Right. You're doing them a disservice. Because think about it. Two things are happening. Either they're going to try and solve their problem on their own, which is just malpractice. If they really have an issue that you could solve, then you should help them solve it. And you should get them to act, whether it's you know moving forward with you or someone else. But you need to get them to act. And then number two, what's worse is you think you have a real success of successful pipeline in them so then maybe you slow it down and you don't and then business stays stagnant or worse it starts to decrease we never get off the ground mm -hmm. getting to one or the other the yes or to the no it keeps it clean and concise it keeps you nice and efficient and then you're effective with your time because then you're getting to people to say yeah that's, this helps me or you know what let's shake hands 
in this virtual world and we can part friends. We'll do that. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, so let me ask you this. Would you say that when someone's being more authentically themselves, when, and especially in a sales situation, they're showing up and they understand to ask better questions, are they... Are they going to like, I think people have this big fear that if they don't do it the way that they're doing it now, they're going to feel like they're the slimy salesperson. But if I hear what you're saying correctly, it's actually the opposite. When you're authentically doing it the other way, it's actually completely different. It's not going to feel like that at all. Is that the case? Well, most people come to me, Bob, and they say, Mike, I don't want to be that person. Right. Or just the idea. I don't think anybody wants to be that person. Like Maybe a few, like, but I think that's the minority for sure. Then you also get the ideas. Oh, that's what success looks like. Because they Mm -hmm. were flashy suit and everyone like in, in media and social culture it's like, like that's with a wall street style right like i gotta look like this this is you know yeah i get it but that's not the reality in the real world when you sit in front of a business owner they want to know who you are they want to do business with people they know and people they trust and at the end of the day do you provide value if they don't trust you like let's be honest you show up and you start talking about get you 10 percent and talking fast no effective filter up People like I've been here, I've done that. Right. You know, we have a rule in our, our business where if your competition is doing it, stop doing it immediately. <laughs> if your competition's talking features and benefits, stop. Just stop talking about what you do. Everyone walks around within arm's reach of their phone at all times. If they want to know features and benefits, people, you know, your prospects are showing up with more information than some of your sales reps or yourself about <laughs> you. And if you tell them, what do you think your competition's doing? You sound just like them. So it's like, what? And then you get the, the infamous question, what makes you different? And now you're defending yourself more. And the more you defend and sell and tell, the less you're convincing them, the more you're sounding like everyone else, just more emphatic about it, more passionate about it. It's the reverse of, well, I don't know if I can help you yet. And now it's like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? You're a professional. Aren't you the guy that's supposed to be selling me on helping you? Aren't you supposed to be selling? What do you mean you can't help me? Now it's a little reverse psychology. Right. So now, oh, well, now you got their attention. Well, let me ask you some questions. Let me, tell me what you've been doing. Tell me how long you've been looking for this. You know, some people, they're out there just gathering information. They have an idea of where they want to go. They're just kind of price checking and, you know, features and benefit comparing. They have no intention of moving forward. They're just doing research. I don't know if I can help you. seems like you already got your mind made up. What do you need me for? Right. Show that reverse psychology. And what you do is you're going to get a lot more no's, which is good because you're going to get a lot less think it overs. You're also going to get more confirmed next steps because you're going to sound different. You're going to be more who you are and you're actually going to be listening to them, not waiting for your turn to talk. So a real business professional is listening and consulting and hearing what their prospect's saying, not just waiting for their opportunity to pitch again. So it's like, you know, I'm really struggling. And going, oh, well, then let me give you this. They didn't hear what they were struggling about. They heard a key word, so they went to pitch mode versus, wait, 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 what are you struggling with? Tell me more about that. Why are you struggling with that? How long has that been a problem? How long? And then you did what about it? And you start to ask these questions and you take them into a deeper understanding, it shows you care. It shows you're authentic. It shows you're actually trying to listen. And they start to compare you more to like a doctor than to that used car sales professional. Because if you walked into a doctor's office and they said, you know, hey, Bob, here you're here for a shoulder um, injury. You know what? 
I've got some time this afternoon, 15% off surgery. I can get you in. What do you say? Right. It's like, whoa, hang on a second. Hold up. Yeah. I was like, what? No way. However, the doctor's going to say, your shoulders hurt. Tell me a little bit more about your diet. My diet? I said, my shoulder, doc. All right. Well, tell me more about your lower back. You know, what shoes are you wearing? What are you doing? They're going to start to ask you all these other random questions. And now you know you got a good doctor in front of you because they're trying to diagnose what's really a problem and if they can help, right? If they're like at the end of the day, they asked you 15 really good questions and they're like, you know what? I think surgery might be an option. Notice how it's, I think this is the best way to go. Now you're starting to agree with them. They're not trying to force you into that direction. And that's what we try to encourage for all business owners is create that equal business stature that you're walking in with. I don't need this business. I would like to help people, right? At the end of, of the course, day, of course. started doing what you're doing to help people, but I'm not going to beg for business and I'm not going to convince you of my business. And that will help you not only get better people around you, but your prospects will be more like you. So you're not going to have those thorn in the side type of prospects because as you ask those questions, they're getting frustrated and they don't want to deal with it. Well, imagine a year from now and you're implementing your project with them and you're going through customer service. It's that same person and you're in the honeymoon stage right now. So right. you're the best of them right now. Imagine what it's going to be like down the road. So it allows you to start also qualify them. And so many people, especially early in business, they just want quota, right? They need to, they need to keep the lights on. They need to get some inventory cash flow going so that they can grow and get to a point where they want to be. And they're willing to overlook some of those quality controls on the person they're selling to. Been there, done that too. Was, there's definitely been some people I'm like, ooh, that was, uh, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lesson learned. So, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, like I said, I transitioned from LMU. I, I learned more that first year when I was with Sandler than probably in my combined previous 15 years. And I got an MBA during that time. <laughs> You know, just every single conversation was a lesson learned. Every single day, I learned five, six things. And it wasn't just, you know, just kind of pulled them out of thin air. It's, I'll, this is something I do. And if you're listening, I highly recommend you grab a pen, a piece of paper, and you write this down. Because this is how I start every day. It's with bagels. And although my wife loves bagels to eat, my bagels are for journaling. So the B starts with behaviors. So what are you going to do every all day today? Do you have meetings? Do you have dials? What do you have on your calendar? It starts with what are your activities? Okay, write that down. For me, I do my behaviors on a post-it note. I'm a checklist type of guy, so I do that right away. And then number two is A for attitude and affirmations. If you're an independent business owner, there's no one coming in and giving you attaboys and girl. It's you got to give it to yourself. Remind yourself of the value you provide to your clients. Remind yourself how great you are as a professional and why you got into it in the first place. Always start with a positive mindset because if you don't, no one else is going to give it to you. And it's hard work starting. Right. Did you, did you see that thing recently from uh, Elon Musk on Clubhouse and someone said, you know, what words of affirmation would you give to entrepreneurs? And he said, if you need words of affirmation, you shouldn't be an entrepreneur because you got to do it yourself. <laughs> it's like, yep, it's true. Elon Musk, the robot. You know, he's not an emotional person. You know, for me, I am an emotional person. So I have to start with those, those words of affirmation because I have to remind myself that. 
you know, I wish I had his type of personality where he's just, he's brilliant in what he does. He's also robot, robotic from that emotional intelligence point where you can tell him any type of criticism and it's like whew, right off. So you start with behaviors, you start with your affirmations and attitude, and then what's your goal for today? So if you do everything, what's two things you're going to achieve today? And it can be something basic, like I'm going to have a new conversation or I'm going to move, if you have two or three sales calls, I'm going to move a prospect to the next step. You know, it doesn't have to be a quota, you know, stop talking about, I want to close business. You can't force anyone to close right. and guide them to a yes or to a no. So your goal for the day. And then number three or number four is if you do this every day, it now becomes cyclical. So E is for evaluate yesterday. Did you do your behaviors to set out to do? Yes or no. You know, you don't have to dwell on it. You don't, it's not about getting down on yourself. What got in the way? When I first started doing this, I was productively procrastinating. So I'd have like my, my calls to make all day, but then I would, you know, let's do some laundry, you know, all the dishes. And then you end up with the cleanest house and the best yard on the block. And, but your behaviors get pushed off. Right. No business. <laughs> Making a point is I'm not getting them done because I keep them to the afternoon and then something comes up. You know, I get a client call or something comes in. So evaluate and analyze the good and the bad. So what's getting in the way? And then keep it proactive. What's your lesson learned? So the L is for what's one positive lesson. And I say this because I was talking about all my lessons learned is I track them all the time. And if you don't proactively write them down and engage in them, they're kind of like water under the bridge. You forget about them. And then when you are in a dark time where you've had a couple weeks of, you know, cold spell, now you don't have anything to go off of. And then the last thing is S for success. I don't care how bad of a day it was. So if you're someone who makes 100 dials a day and everyone hung up on you and cursed you out, you still made the dial. So that's a positive thing. Right. You know, you got up and you got, got through it. And tomorrow's going to be a better day. So that's a success. So I start every morning with bagels. It's a quick, you know, takes me anywhere from three, sometimes five minutes if I get a little extra reflective and write it down. I type it out. Um, I don't do both, one or the other. And it allows me to track my thoughts. And I'll share a story of how I've actually used it to grow business. One second. So on the S with success, are you applying, hey, what today would look like if I was successful or are you reflecting on the previous day's activities to say that was a success to help motivate you going forward? I do it on the previous day. Okay. Perfect. A lesson and lesson and success often coincide. Right. So the L and the S tend to be the same sometimes if it's a, the lesson is a successful lesson. But for one of my lessons was I had four sales calls and the first threes were hard no's. And I was, as you can imagine, kind of down on my luck, probably a little Eeyore, you know, shoulders slumped. And this is back when we were going into in-person. And rather than walking into that fourth meeting, I read my affirmations. And I remember how, why I did this and how, and the people I've helped and all the great things. And I walked into that fourth meeting and I got the business. And, you know, I was sharing this with my class at one point and someone goes, Mike, why didn't you read it after the first <laughs> at least one or two and i'm like hey that's a lesson for today and the reality is this isn't something stagnant it's something i use and, and read and then motivate myself down the road and then you're always learning from it 
So it becomes something a part of your life. And everyone knows if you're proactive and you're positive, you have that energy about you. You know, have you ever heard of the thing called commission breath where people are desperate because their quota is low or it's coming to the end of the cycle and that they're really aggressive or really like determined to get the sale. People smell that on you and they smell desperation. It's something we call commission breath and it's like pump the brakes. Right. Always maintain that positive attitude. Even when times are tough, you know, this past year, a lot of businesses had tough times. Some people saw the opportunity to grow and expand. But some people had to really rethink and it was hard for them. And it still is. So the behaviors and that attitude and their habits are really struggling right now because they're not in a comfortable zone. And if you're pushed out of that comfort zone, it's a good thing as long as you're reflecting and moving forward. Yeah, as long as you're not going to swing back into the same reason why you're being pushed out in the first place. Exactly. So, so what are your affirmations, if you don't mind sharing? So I always provide a 10x return. So whenever anyone invests in me, I always provide a 10x return. I have life altering habit changes. So for me, I'm not only my affirmation is I'm not just professionally helping them. I'm personally helping them too. So those are my top two. And just reminding myself of those two, I have a million dollar mindset that I'm worth a million dollars. And for some people, they say that, but they don't know what that means. So I embody what does a millionaire mindset entail? It's hard work. It's determining. It's having that mindset that I, I can take a no and get another at bat, and I know I'm going to get a yes. It's the determination. It's the grit. So those are my two that are about more of what I do, and then the mindset is the millionaire mindset. That's perfect. I love, I love that. And I think that's something – you're absolutely right. I, I love your statement there about – People talk about, you know, numbers. I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a million dollars. I want to have a million dollars, whatever. But they don't think about what does it really look like to be that person. Exactly. And one of the things, one of the things that I loved from a personal development class that I took was that a lot of people say, oh, if I just, if I have this, then I can do that so I can be the person I want to be. And they teach you to think about it differently. Be that person. When you be that person, you'll start doing the things that that person does. And by doing that things, you'll have what you thought you needed in the first place. And it's like, for me anyways, that was very life-changing in the sense of like, hmm, simple change, but you don't think like until someone points it out, like it's, it's ridiculously simplistic, but until someone points it out, it's not obvious at all. No. I read a quote this morning or this week, and it was, wouldn't it be nice? And it, a lot of people look at successful people and it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice to be, go back to Elon Musk? Wouldn't it be nice to have a billion dollars and all that? But however, what you don't see is back when you were partying, back when you were watching TV, back, that person is getting up early and grinding. That person is making risks. That person is taking risks. That person is learning from that and going, you don't see the grind. You mm -hmm. see the millionaire, you see the nice stuff. So yeah, wouldn't it be nice if you actually knew what it took to get there? So uh, how you, you can sit there and complain and say, oh, only if, or wouldn't it be nice? Or you can have that mindset of what got them there. Right. You know, who, who did they have to, you know, connect with who were their mentors like everyone has mentors everyone learns everyone grows what did they do to get there so rather than like oh, show me your last thousand days and i'll show you why you're where you're at exactly and rather than being like all reach out to them ask them how did you get there you know like that that was something i did in a transition of i reached out to a lot of people i saw successful i said how'd you get there 
What was your thought process? What did so they- how did you go about that? Talk, talk more about that. Because I think for a lot of people, if they see someone of success, there's often this inferiority complex of, oh, I can't just go ask this part. I, I can't just like walk up and like ask them what's going on. But like, I know for me, some of my, I've been, I've been blown away by some of the people I've been able to connect to, even just through like Instagram DMs, like, wow, you're, you're actually like, you're responding to me. That's crazy. Right. But so for you, what did that look like? Look, first and foremost, research what you want to get out of the conversation. So don't show up and just be unprepared. You got to do your work. You know, if you're if someone of a mentor caliber is going to spend some time is be prepared. Don't expect them to show up and teach you how to be them. They have no idea why you're sitting down. So I had 10 questions. I didn't always get through my 10 questions. And then I always reached out. So I would see someone in a place of where I wanted to be. So a business owner, and I reached out to a lot of different Sandler owners. I reached out to people who were in my network, but it wasn't close. Like I knew who they were that maybe were connected on LinkedIn And I just simply said, you know, I admire where you're at. I'd love to learn how you got there. Do you have 15 to 20 minutes? And almost every person responded with, I can give you, I can, you know, how much time do you need? Or we would sit down and have a coffee. When you're sitting down and have a coffee, that's not a 15 minute conversation. So be conscious of their time. So be prepared, have those questions prepared and end every single conversation with, now that you know a little bit more about what I'm doing, is there anyone you would recommend I connect with? Mm, so I like that. As a mentor, you know, they're not, not, they're not going to become your personal consultant, but they know a network and they now listen to you because they took the time. Not everyone even got back to me. You know, a lot of people just ignored me. A lot of people said, I don't have time. Sorry, get back to me. When I did, they ignored me. So some people didn't get there. We got to be persistent through it and then ask. Because birds of a feather flock together. So if you're reaching out to mentors and you're reaching out to people, they know others. And maybe they know someone they can connect you with who actually now has more of a commerce connection versus a mentor connection. I love it. Was there, so you had 10 questions that you always like to have. And like you said, you didn't necessarily get through all of them. Was there, or did you find yourself as you're creating your 10 questions for each time as you had this conversation, was there recurring questions that you seem to ask from these people a lot? Or was it all unique every single time? They were the same time. So I, when I set out to do this, I set out to 10. And so, so one of them was, you know, what got you into this role? You know, what, what type of work ethic? Like, what were the things that you had? What were some of the skills that you needed? Um, what were the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome? If you're looking back to someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them before they've even walked into the game? You know, so th- those were maybe four or five of them. Some of them were actually like metric based. Like what were like with your metrics, like quantity, if you're comfortable telling me like from a monetary perspective, you know, what did that growth in, mon- um, in monetizing your product or service look like over the time? Because that was important to me. Hmm. And everyone thinks you're going to all of a sudden open up your door and be a millionaire. That's not the case. You know, you're going to open up. Never your- the case. We're not very rarely anyways. Well, I mentor people and say, you need at least 18 months runway of finance where you can't, where you're not going to be earning anything. And that's like mind blowing for some people because like, oh, I'll just start selling and I'll, I'll live off it. And it's like, you won't. I'd, I'd love for that to happen. I, I really do. But for you to establish your cornerstone, it takes time. Right. And it, anywhere from six to two years, six months to two years. So I was just curious about the different. Um, and I was looking at more consulting, individual coaches, things of that nature. Would their first year look like from a monetary perspective? second, third. And the trend was very similar for those who were comfortable telling me, 
I was just about to say, where, did, did you get a lot of pushback on that question or not? Because I, because I know some people are like, no, I don't want to share my numbers with you, and you know, because either they're embarrassed by it, or b they're they don't want to scare people, or c they're just very private folks and they're they're not. So I, I'm curious just about to ask that. Sure. And again, I, I was I was raised in a family, Bob, where it was like, don't ask someone how much they make. I didn't know how much my father made until I was 17, filling out my FAFSA when I was going to college. That's <laughs> about the same. And now we're in business and it's like our job is to find out how much money you have available towards a product or service. Exactly. A mindset of being, so the reason I asked, it was also to get me out of my comfort zone, right? To, for me to start asking those questions. Some people laughed it off and it was like, I don't even remember. And it was clear they didn't want to talk about it. So I didn't probe. Right. I was like, no, tell me. <laughs> people would be like, you know what? My first year, I got very lucky. Or my first year, I was unfortunate. You know, I made 50000 Or, you know, I actually lost money my first year, and et cetera, et cetera. And almost all the case was they doubled their revenue to their second year. And then they doubled their second year, their third year. And then had a gradual increase. And then depending how they expanded their teams or some of them kind of plateaued and were comfortable there. Some people are continuously on a growth pattern as they expand. But everyone, that was kind of the trend that I found. It was very low the first year, which for me, it was comfortable being like, okay, I've got 365 days to get there. And, you know, it took me 18 months. It did not take me one year. It took me 18 months to get to where I wanted to be. And then I've kind of followed and pursued over the last couple of years of that doubling Better. So it's been pretty cool to kind of ask the questions, see the trail, follow it, get up every day, grind, get all those no's, and then continue to go because I'm not there yet. And I truly believe anyone who feels like they've arrived, then, you know, they're on, they're on their way out. Right. You can always be better. You can always learn. You can always be different. So. And that's one of the things I love about this show is that I get to have those conversations and I go, oh man, that's something I'm not doing or, oh, that's an area for me to improve or there's something that I can execute better on from that standpoint. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, you said, you know, hey, like, you know, you get all these no's in, in your example of your story, right? You got, you got three no's, you like shook it off, you did your affirmations, you got a yes, which is great. Do you, uh, and if you do, how often do you go back and follow up with those no's, you know, uh, or does it depend on the kind of no? Like, I'm curious, because one of the things that I see a lot, and a lot of the folks that listen and watch this show are real estate investors, and I tell them all the time, like, follow-up is a key. Like, probably 85 or 90% of the deals I've ever bought from a real estate perspective were on the second, third, fourth time I talked to the, the owner or the agent. Um, but I'm curious, outside of the real estate perspective, and because I think it would apply there too, how often do you go back and look at those no's? What does that look like for you? Like, is there a process or there a system? So everyone get your pen again. I'll give you a couple talk tracks. Four months, Bob, you're 100% right. There's a difference between no for now and no, take me off your list. Right. Those are different types of no's. And in the beginning, you ask. It goes back to what I've been saying is ask. So if someone says, you know, you know what? I'm just not interested. Happy. Not, you know, like I'm ecstatic. You, you were honest with me. Great. Let me ask, how do you best want to keep in touch? Ask them that question. So now that we're not going to do business, let me take that pressure off. Right. We want to keep in touch. You know, I've got an email once a week. Do you want, are we on LinkedIn? How do you best want to keep in touch? And they'll tell you. And it's, you Puts know, the ball in their court, which makes you feel way, way more comfortable. I like that. And here you'll probably hear this. Like, hey, just get back to me in a few months. You know, Bob, a lot of people who tell me that that's just a polite way of saying, please don't reach out to me. And if I reach out to you in six months, what might change? So just asking that polite question of 
And then when you do finally establish the next steps, here's a line. And this, this doesn't make you $50,000 over the next say year. I'll give you each 10 bucks. I don't know how many people, but I promise it will. <laughs> We're a no for now. Right. So, you know, Bob, I appreciate it. Now that you know a little bit more about me, is there someone in your world who you recommend I do connect with? So I took it very similar to that interview question of who should I talk to in mentorship to you don't need my product or service or it's a feather flock together. So who in your world would you recommend I connect with? And then you can educate them through a referral. So every time you get a no, you can learn a lesson and you try and get a referral because every single action, every single conversation you have is just an investment into the future. Don't look at it as, oh, well, put your head down. It should have compound interest. So as you continue to work, that's investment. Don't just walk out and just forget about it. Crimple up your piece of paper and your notes and throw it out. Who can you connect me with? And what lesson did you learn so you can grow as a professional? So that's what I would always recommend is define what type of no they are. They say, no, take me off your list. You're gone. I don't want to bother you. I don't want to be that person. You know, you're off my list. You know, best of luck, you know, shake hands, part friends, best of luck, but now I'm on to the next person. So if they're a hard no, no matter what, do you still ask them, you know, is there someone that you can connect me with or only if they're like a, a lighter no? Absolutely. Love it. I'll share a, one last story with you is one of my colleagues, this is not my story, is he was on a cold call and said, you know, there was a hard no. And he goes, you know, I don't suppose there's anyone in your world who I could connect with. And they said, no. And he then he goes, you know, I'm, you know, I'm working with different organizations, professional services. And they go, actually. So he kind of educated them a little bit more on what they were, connected them with two people. One of them ended up doing over 750K of business with him over the next five years. And that mm-hmm. business alone referred two other clients to him. So over the last 15 years, that referral accrued over $1.5 million. Nice. So even when someone says no, and then they, Hey, is there anyone in your world and hang up? Fine. Who cares? That's where the mindset comes in is not a problem. But the next one I'm going to ask and the next one I'm going to ask and you do it 365 days, five times a, you know, a day, you're talking about, you know, a thousand, five hundred conversations. How many people do you need to run a good business? A couple hundred, you know, a few, 10, 20, two. Right. S's do you need? So get your numbers up. Get your numbers up, your, your attitude will be better. Perfect. So what would you attribute for you um, in, in, in forming this, you know, and understanding this and building this mentality of no is okay and I'm good and I'll keep going? Because for a lot of folks, especially newer entrepreneurs, that's really hard. Like, like they take every no very personally, especially when they start. So is there like advice or tips that you've had that you found very useful in you cultivating that mindset? And again, that's what we do. So I have a coach internal to Sandler and we call it eating our own dog food is it takes time. And Bob, let's be honest. It still stings when I get enough. I don't like it. It always will. It always will. But it's my favorite word because I'd much rather have a no than a let me think about it. Because I know what that means down the road. And that's the slow burn. I'd much rather have a quick, you know, pull the bandaid off. Not, not interested. Mm. All right. You know, would much rather have had a yes. But it takes time. So it's, there's a couple different exercises we do, a couple different, you know, just educating you on what the difference is between your identity, who you are, and your roles of what you do. So being able to separate them, um, it takes time. It takes years. 
and you know it takes constant reinforcement it's not like you can go read a book and then all of a sudden be like i get it that makes right, like just magically everything's cured we're good so that's the hardest part is changing your belief first of all you got to address your belief and most business professionals have you know decades of beliefs ingrained in them so it's hard to change that right first addressing that you change your belief you'll change your habits once you start to change your habits, then you get reinforced with the positivity that can happen. And it's hard. It takes some time. It takes two steps forward, one step back. Um, but that's what I would, I would suggest that if you're struggling with a no, you know, first and foremost, affirmations every day, be more than happy to have a conversation about what I do. Um, but maybe not me, but I would definitely re- recommend reaching out and getting a mentor or, you know, coach of some sort, because it's too hard to do it on your own. Perfect. So let me ask you this uh, in the world of mentors, because it's something that, you know, I've um, I've had a number of mentors in different in different places, different um, aspects over my time of doing this, um, which I look back. I was actually thinking about it today. It's like been, I think, almost 12 years. I'm like, oh, man, has it been that long? Crap. But um, do you do you find from your perspective, is it better to have a mentor who's doing the same thing as you or does that create too much conflict of maybe them not wanting to share information because they're in they're in alignment with the same thing that you're doing and finding someone else that's over here? Like who, who did who you look for when you're looking for a mentor? I mean, ideally, it would be, you know, and at the end of the day, it's me. I have no problem mentoring because there's a lot of business out there. And if you're scared that you're going to mentor someone that's going to steal all your business, then again, you're not growing on yourself. You're not expanding up levels. So ideally it would be someone who's gone through something similar than you. Again, if you don't have that person that you know and trust, then it's someone who's gone through a similar process. So if it's a different industry, but the same process, then I would look for it. But don't be afraid to ask. And I think that's a, what I call head trash is people don't want to ask someone in their same industry because it's like, well, they're not going to want to help me because I'm going to be, eventually be their competition. Right. That's not true. There's so much, there's 8 billion people on this planet, Bob. There's so much business out there that the reality is not everyone can handle it. And I'd much rather have, you know, valued consultants who do similar stuff than me, that maybe it's not a perfect fit. Like, I'm not a right fit for everybody. You know, for those who need sales training, you know, that they fit everything, my personality and who I am just is not the right fit. Right. And it's nice to have a couple people who are different personalities than me that I could say, all right, I'm not a right fit, but Hey, maybe check out this person. So don't be afraid to ask. Cause the worst thing they can tell you is, you know, I don't have time or I'm not interested. So, and who else would you want to learn from some, someone who's been there and done it? So the more alike that you can find that pathway that's similar, that's why I say go more in your industry. Don't be scared of it. And you can do research, you know, maybe they aren't going to be your mentor, but at least you can ask them a couple good questions. Very true. Very true. And I think, I think that's true. Like there's never been a better time availability of information to make sure someone's good too. Like, Hey, check out what they got going on, find and connect with someone that you had no idea. I mean, it's so different than how you and I got connected. I simply asked the question and there was a connection made by somebody else that I had as a guest on here. Um, and that person, you know, connected us and now here we are having this great conversation. So it, it's, it, this is all about connecting with other people, establishing relationships and not trying to sell, you know, that's <laughs> You know, no one's, if you, as soon as you stop trying to sell and you just, the effective filter goes away, you start to create good relationships. You realize that people are actually hearing what you're saying when you are talking about what you do and the value you provide, and then they can connect you. Um, everyone has 200 people by name in their phone that they know. 
the odds that they, the person in front of you needs their product to serve is probably lower. But now that you know 200 people and they now trust you and they respect you, now they're much more likely to refer you. And that's where real business starts to come in that network. So you can be authentic. You listen first. You ask questions. You get over those no's. It's just a matter of give yourself a long enough runway. It's not a matter of if, but when you will be successful. And that's a guarantee. You just have to have a long enough runway and yeah. stay. And I love it. Perfect. I think this has been, this has been awesome. Um, I, I think that sales is one of those things that people get hung up on way too often. And it, it's, uh, it scares them or even some, for some cases it terrifies them. Um, I actually was having a conversation with someone not too long ago who literally was like, would make every excuse not to sell, but then they're wondering why their business is not going anywhere. And, and, a lot of what we just talked about. So I'll make sure I'm sure to share this episode with that person. Um, I'm not going to call them out by name because that would just be mean, but, um, but you know who you are because you're going to be listening to this. Um, and, but this is, this is cool. So I, I love it. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to just be respectful of everyone's time because we're just about out of time right now, but where can folks uh, who might want to connect with you find you? So I definitely recommend connecting with me on LinkedIn. It's Michael Castiglione. You'll see the cheesy smile and the bald head and the beard. I'm a little more buttoned up than I am right now in a suit and tie, but well, for everyone listening, they don't know that you're, you're in a suit and tie. If you're, if you're not watching, he's definitely in a suit and tie. Um, but I do offer a free training. So cool. once a month, I do an open training, how to deal with stalls and objections, how to overcome that prospecting um, disposition. When you get those think it overs, it's from us. We're causing the think it overs. It's mm. not the prospect's fault. So it's an hour training. I open it to, my doors are open to anyone who's interested. There's no cost. There's no commitment. The only thing I ask is that at the end, if you're interested in having an, another conversation, you just let me know or you politely tell me no. That's all I ever ask is give me a yes or give me a no. And both are 100% acceptable. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Say that you, you heard me on Bob's uh, podcast and more than happy to connect. Come to a training or we can just connect for a 15-minute call. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Definitely take advantage of that, guys. I mean, free training is free training, if nothing else. And uh, also, I think we can all be, and I'm going to include myself in this, we can all be better at sales at some point in time. It never hurts to be better at that. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you so much, man. I truly appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. I actually was looking off. I have some notes off to the side here. And I was like, ooh, that's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that for later. <laughs> so... Um, and by the way, legitimately, this is one of the things I love about doing this show is that I always get to learn things as I go along. And that's that's just as fun for me, too. After podcast, you get different people, you get new ideas and you know, you're constantly networking and, and providing that support of just a good conversation on a Friday afternoon or whenever you're listening to it today. Whenever and wherever. So perfect. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. For each and every one of you listening, truly appreciate you taking your time. Um, I just ask one simple thing, pay it forward by sharing this with a friend who you think needs it, fellow entrepreneur, somebody else, especially in the sales world. This cannot go wrong. So uh, the more that you share it, the more folks that we help. And that's the whole goal of this thing. As always as well, please make sure you rate, subscribe, review, um, hit the like button if you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification. Like there's a million things. Just click all the things. Click all the things. Um, I would appreciate it. As always, we'll see you guys again again on another great episode next week. Thank you so much for your time. Take it easy. Mike, appreciate you. Thanks for being on. This podcast is sponsored by Three Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, Three Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.